0: we got a bar and a
1: bar's got somebody in who thinks he's tough as a nickel steak. But they all come to speed for the Do Ray Me.
0: Now get this. We need partners. We need brothers and we need friends. My little brother was 15 years old. Think about that. You're waiting, you know. How about cutting hates? Oh, I get it. You want some kind of contest, huh? You're a real smart boy, ain't you? I guess maybe you'll have to kill me. It'll hurt if I do.
2: Well, it looks like I finally ran into someone that likes to play as rough as I do. Yeah, this must be a lucky night.
0: My bodies, they're not nice like me. Are we supposed to say thanks? You're not supposed to say nothing, soldier. Money. Everyone wants it. Until now, Monty Booster didn't have it. They tell me you're my only living relative. But he just made money the old-fashioned way. You have 30 days in which to spend 30 million bucks. He inherited it. If you can do it, you get 300 million. But if you fail, you don't
2: get deadly. Why can't I tell my friends? Because I don't want anybody helping me out. Ah!
0: What's wrong? Spike,
1: what's wrong? $30 million. man he just got $30 million.
0: To this is a good day, you know. He can't keep it unless he can spend it and have nothing left but the shirt on his back. Oh, well, we're going to have a, a lot of fun with this kind of money. Jake, I'd like to hire you
2: as my official photographer. <laughs> Salary, $10,000 a week. How would you like to be my personal driver for the
0: next 30 days at $5,000 a week? What the country. America, I love it. Hey, everybody. Anybody want to go to lunch? Everyone thinks he's crazy. I want Fifty thousand dollars. It went up. We'll sell it. I think we should consider the possibility
1: of psychiatric help.
0: No? At the rate you're going, you'll have spent your entire inheritance in less than a month, and you'll have nothing to show for it. But three hundred million dollars says he's right on the money. Richard Pryor and John Candy. I like that old
2: saying, you know what? For money, I'd be a millionaire.
0: I'm a millionaire. Brewster's Millions, coming soon from Universal Pictures. Hello, folks. This is Last Call of Torchies. I am one of your hosts, Gary Hill. With me on this lovely last sunny day for a while afternoon in Indiana is um <laughs> one Lee Russell. How you doing, sir? Uh, nursing a hangover. Uh, I'm starting to feel my age a little bit, but uh, other than that, not bad. That, uh, that still looked look like, look like liquid tar last night I saw you drinking, so I imagine... If you had a couple mm-hmm. too many, yep. you'd be uh, feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it was fucking tasty, though. It was. It was. Oh, my gosh. All those with me tonight, uh, today. keep thinking tonight is today. It's, it's, it's the afternoon here. Uh, it's, uh, Mr. Cameron Scott, how you doing, sir?
2: I'm pretty good, pretty good. I'm working on my first drink of the day, starting a day drink, you know, like us, us adults do.
0: Yeah. Uh. Because it, you know, because we can. It it is it is it is Sunday and I don't judge anyway, so w whatever. <laughs> Do what you like. Um Having a little peach bellini,
2: you know. Nice. Just feeling slightly sophisticated and then work up the hard liquor later
0: on. There you go. <laughs> Fancy. Oh boy. We're uh, traveling the year 1985 and back back to New York City again and in Hackensack, New Jersey, respectively. Um, to cover Bruce's Millions from 1985. This, of course, starring um, the great Richard Pryor and the great John Kennedy. Uh, just to name some other folks off that are on this list. Uh, Lynette McKee as Angela Drake. Stephen Collins as uh, Warren Cox. Um, Jerry Orbach as Charlie Pegler, his, is his coach for the Hackensack Bulls, uh, Pat Hingle as, uh, Edward Roundfield, um, the guy who's doing what he does with, uh, the estate there. Um, yeah, you, you didn't know your great, great grandfather was a honky, uh, Hume Crone <laughs> shows up as, uh, uncle Rupert Horn. Um, yeah, the guy started all that shit. Uh, coming back again, uh, Jason. Uh, Jason Peter Jason as Chuck Fleming, our, our action news reporter. <laughs> uh, Dave, this is cool. David Wall, who you may know as the Dean from Revenge of the Nerds, shows up as uh, Eugene Provost, who's like his accountant type person. Um, yeah, it's 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 got a fun cast to it. Um, your basic plot synopsis: This is a. A remake of a novel and another film of the same t- title, uh, in a way. Um, a minor league baseball player has to spend $30 in 30 days in order to inherit $300 million. However, he's not allowed to own any assets, destroy the money, gift it, give it to charity, or tell anyone about the deal. Um, yeah, it's just... This is uh better better than I remember being. So I, I, I kind of just feel, feel like this feel got, a lot of, got a lot of meat to it as far as like this kind of movie goes. So I'm going to start with Cameron first and say, uh, what do you think, sir? You know,
2: this movie has aged like uh, somewhat like a fine wine to me because I remember not liking it as a child. Like when I saw it and I wasn't like 9, 10 years old, I remember not being into it, just like going, I don't get it. You know, people spending money to make—I I just I just didn't get it, uh, but as an adult, you know, I probably haven't seen this in 10, 12 years, and I like it a lot more. I feel like it's—in say, saying that, I got to say, though, it's a bit of a misfire because I feel like they misused John Candy— almost on an extreme level he's not allowed to shine that's just my opinion but I love all the characters in it I love seeing Torchies pop up because because uh-huh. I watched it with my wife and she was like isn't that the infamous Torchies? I'm like yes it is <laughs> and uh you know seeing Rick Moranis pop up for a hot minute in it yeah. Yakov Smirnoff popping up for a hot uh-huh. minute too you know at this uh what the country it's 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 great, and I love Hume Cronin in it. He's just a cantankerous old fart. It's a shame that he's not in it more. Just Everybody in this is somebody that you recognize from something. Uh, like I, I said, I, I feel like it's a little bit dry, but it has aged much better than I thought it would. I was just like, mm, what am I going to think of this? I, I think it's great, and I'm a sucker for anything with Richard Pryor. And he, he is gold in everything he does, but... Yeah, it's, it's aged very well for me. Cool. Lee? Um,
1: This was pretty enjoyable. Uh, usually you get into these sort of movies in the 1980s and they tend to not age well. But like Cameron's saying, this this one does kind of age pretty well, I think. Um, I think mostly because the performances are really good and it has this sort of almost fun fantasy edge to the concept in in a way where you can't really take anything going on in it too serious. And, you know, there's also like no overt racism or, Hey, white, rich people are okay. (laughs) Look into the next movie. When we talk about that, um, (laughs) here, you know, Pryor gets to do a sing a little bit more. Um, I think this is one of his better movie performances. I don't, I don't think him in on the, on the, uh, sort of stand up stage ever really made the transition to movies perfectly but i think he's pretty effective here um i liked john candy in this maybe a little bit more in cameron but i do agree i feel like maybe he's held back a little too much like there i think there was more potential as like a comedy duo here that they didn't really tap into like there was no i'd, I'd say there's no like big super laugh-out-loud jokes for me in this movie. It's, it's kind of a movie of, like, little moments that make you chuckle and keep you moving along and watching it. Um, and I definitely enjoyed that. I enjoyed that there's kind of a sly anti-political message or at least political apathy to some degree kind of shoehorned into this. Kind of like, you know what, politics are kind of bullshit, maybe you shouldn't vote for anybody, kind of thing. I I kind of like that message sometimes. (laughs) Um, Especially in the 1980s, which just feels kind of crazy now, seeing that in like Reagan's fucking America. Um, I... I kind of like that Rick Moranis only pops up for a second and does that character and then never shows up again, basically, because of, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I I, I kind of figure if he'd like showed up throughout the entire film, it might get a little grating. Cause all he does is <laughs> mimic people. <laughs> uh, so that, that might've been a little much. Um, and I mean any movie that starts out with like the promise of a four way nude massage that turns into a bar fight right afterwards, uh, <laughs> You're kind of you're kind of winning me right out of the gates a little bit, um, yeah. I enjoyed this. I thought it was
0: pretty good. You see, the Chinese have a right with the massage. You know, it's the fabric that gets in the way of the massage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're wasting time. Uh...
1: <laughs> yeah, John Candy almost talked himself into some uh, skinny blonde, uh, 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 little bit of skirt there. Uh, I I was kind of like. Man are they gonna bring her back like later as the love interest for John Candy or something like no John Candy doesn't get a love interest?
2: who are we kidding? No, there's not enough room for a love interest in this movie mm <laughs> uh-huh.
0: it's a good it's a good <laughs> hustle. he's not for john it's, it's a good hustle that 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 bar scene right there i mean i, I think he i think he would have gotten it has, had it hadn't been for she belonged to somebody else <laughs> you know mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: Cause his, I mean, his whole his whole hustle was kind of honesty too it's like he's being honest i I want to touch your bare skin I want to take you back to our uh tour bus or whatever uh we we have a big screen TV well actually we don't have a big screen TV but we have a place for a big screen TV and that'll eventually happen uh, let's let's go let's let's get out of here
2: and this unique way of opening beer bottles would win any lady over I'm sure nice. yeah.
0: And his his dentist would be a big fan too. Well, let's see <laughs> right. you know, in his eyeball, which I've seen before too at parties, and it's it's always fun to watch when somebody squints their eye and just opens that beer bottle, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I've always admired, even as a kid, I've always admired the hustle of this movie because you got these, these these two guys, you know, Richard, Richard Pryor, John Candy, Richard Pryor, uh, inherits his money and. He's he's not he's like a like a small time dude. He's just a real humble dude. who's given this task to to either take a million or which they called the wimp clause, which I can see. Yeah, I, I probably would have done that too, or do what the plot suggests. You know, here's thirty million. You're not allowed to have any assets. You're allowed to give so much to to gambling and charity and blah blah blah. And this is a hard thing to do, but he 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 figures it out. With 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 the quickness, like the, he uses his own hustling skills to do it, and the uh, the stamp thing is brilliant. To like, oh, what's the most expensive stamp you have? And he gets away with <laughs> that it. that. Was the best part? Yeah, that gets, was
2: the best part of the movie to me.
0: He gets away with <laughs> it, and I would have done this a bunch of times. It's a loophole because the post office destroys it. You don't destroy it with the stamp, and and um, I, I like I like that hustle and. Like like Lee said, even nowadays this is this this place relevant. Which you know, we we let we let Trump in, uh, so well, somebody did, and this is based on you know something that that says, oh, we know this guy, so let's vote for this guy, and right the fact that he put himself out there against you know coming from Chicagoland, uh, Cameron knows more than I do that the Guineas run the show still, and these <laughs> the, these these two Italians. You know who are very corrupted One of them are going to be mayor. So when his his money spiked back up again, he gets the idea to to run for office. But it's kind of like a producer's thing. Yeah, he's very he's very charismatic. He's very this out of the other. But he doesn't expect to get elected. So he's saying, you know, don't don't vote for me. I I I'm, I'm laying the line. I don't know shit. So vote either don't vote for me, don't vote for, don't vote for, the, vote for the other assholes either. Vote for none of the above, and I thought that yeah. was as a brilliant move. Just say, but it's like saying these are saying, "Hey, just vote for Mickey Mouse instead." Write write it on the ballot, and that's uh, that it was pretty brilliant. The whole plot of something he had no idea what to do, but he had to think on his toes. Um, when yeah. <laughs> Oh, Easy. I love
2: when they try to sue me. He's like, yeah, yeah, please sue me. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll give up a couple million right then and there. Well, I love he, come, he keeps running into situations like he keeps
1: getting like ideas for, oh, well, I'll do this, I'll do that. And then every once in a while, he'll run into uh, a little monkey wrench like uh, if you win this election, which you are in danger of winning this election, despite your best efforts. You're gonna get a sixty thousand a dollar salary every year. It's like shit. Well, I can't do that. So he throws the election and and, and runs and runs out of it. Um, like he's more concerned. Like honestly, his only concern seems to be to to play baseball. Like he's got this dream of I'm gonna you know get back to the pros and like I guess he had like a. Uh, a few years or something like that in the pros, and when was doing minor
0: league. I think that's kind of the story, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, he claimed to have a small shot with the Cubs. He was there. Yeah. and Did the only you know, he's smart at the signed old Monty Brewster because, as he says, he can get anybody out for three innings. So he's not a he's a long reliever in, in, in baseball sense. Yeah. See that stuff didn't
1: play for me too well because I don't watch baseball. I don't like baseball. I don't give too flying fucks about baseball. So, honestly, all the... I think my biggest complaint about this movie is all the baseball stuff in it. Like, I, I get that it's set up to make Pryor look like the common man, common American blue-collar guy with a dream and all that shit. I get that. But then we get, like, a, a segment where it's a baseball game, and we get a training montage with baseball, and I could... Not give two flying fucks about that. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, I, I, I feel like that's ten minutes that should have been cut out of the movie. But uh, otherwise,
0: I don't think so because the whole the whole time this is happening, you know, the yeah, I, I get your your idea of you know liking baseball, blah blah blah. blah but this is like his only passion in the world. This is is bringing his team to well, he takes them back to Hackensack anyway to play the the big game that he sets up against the Yankees. The, mm. the three innings. Yeah, basically, one of those in three innings, you guys could be gods, and they almost were too. They they almost beat them. And it's a um,
2: sad yeah. moment when when he gets taken off the mound when Jerry Arbach comes out and takes him off the mound. He's like, "Yeah, you played good, but you got to go." You know, mm-hmm. it, it's like a sad moment. He's like, even with all this money, he's like, "I still can't pay play in the majors." You know, like I, I again could give a shit about baseball. I used to like it when I was a kid, but as an adult, I don't. Like you said, Lee, I just don't give two shits and a fart about, <laughs> about about any kind of sports, and not to rubble anybody's feathers, but I'm just not a sports guy. But I get like that having your dreams dashed right in front of your eyes, is like you know, thirty million dollars at his disposal, and he still can't win the game. Yeah, but he, yeah. He,
0: he does get it though. He come, he comes out at the end. I mean, I, I've known lots of guys who play organized sports, and that at some point in the, in the game, you know, not like when you're a little kid, but like when you're like a like a preteen to a teen, you're playing the juniors. This this is any sport really. You're taking out that that crestfallen feeling, but you're a part of a team, so you feel that that sense of what Monty felt when he came when he came out to do his his speech at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, they got to feel like gods for three for three innings, and you know for for minor league club that that was a pretty big deal to all of them. So that's a. Uh, Monty's only moment of happiness in the film, while whilst he has that money to spend, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is something if you think about it, because he's he's pretty miserable throughout. Because he's he's so stressed out, and he wants to to get with uh, Miss Angela Drake, his his accountant, the lady, mm-hmm. and he can't tell Could her. Could you blame him? Yeah she, yeah, she thinks he's a fucking you know piece of shit for spending the money like he is, like we're just throwing it all around, but. He can't tell her or tell anybody why he's doing it and it's it's it I think Richard Pryor stresses Monty Brewster is one of the one of the biggest uh shining points for me and um the little bit that you do get of John Candy is is, is hilarious. Him, him walking in with that that suit on with the giant catchers the gold catchers <laughs> with the mask on. They made this for Johnny Bench but he didn't come good, so they gave it to me. I love it so much, you know? <laughs>
1: His, his shit talk behind the, the plate or whatever or whenever you know especially when they're playing the the yankees or whatever he's like you know i saw your wife out there the other day he's
2: like yeah yeah she's an ugly bitch <laughs> and then the next batter comes up and he's like yeah did you see his wife yeah she's an ugly bitch yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah i just feel like the last like 45 minutes of this movie or at least last half of it they just kind of just shuffled John Candy to a couple of walk-on bits. And it's just like, I, I wanted to see just, I don't know. I'm a big John yeah. Candy fan. I just wanted more of him, more interaction with Monty, with Pryor, you know? Yeah. Um,
0: I got to talk about Stephen Collins, who's disgraced now for, if you guys know the story that guy, but um mm-hmm. before he used to act a lot of things. And this is, uh he plays, warren cox who's uh sort of a foil by this, this trust company to make monty fail basically and mm. um, he's the boyfriend too to angela drake and she he gets jealous of monty because monty's kind of making the moves on her so what does the guy that sabotaged the enterprise do he, he uh sees motivation more motivation to to sabotage monty and by holding twenty thousand dollars from a few furniture deposit, and say, "Hey, you know, you didn't get it," but of course, it this is that kind of movie, where M- Monty does get it at the end of this movie, so spoilers. Uh. <laughs> yeah,
1: it almost, almost, it almost feels like this would work even better as like a sort of redemption arc kind of thing for Richard Pryor's character, where you know he. he he sort of fails, although, you know, he achieves his dream by sort of playing with the pros and stuff like that and helps his friends do it. He, you know, at the end, he's still got to be taken off the field or whatever and he's crestfallen, but he should, it should be one of those stories. I feel like where he gets happiness knowing that at the end he helped a bunch of people and that he doesn't get the 300 million, you know, he he actually gets the, the, the little message of, Hey, you know, you can actually have a happy life without having a bunch of money. Um, and also, I like that, you know, he seems at his happiest in the movie for those for throughout the running time when he's just giving other people money. He's just giving people tons of money for whatever frivolous little thing they do for him. It's like, oh, Yakov Smirnoff, you want to be my personal driver? I'll pay you like $5,000 a week or whatever the fuck it is, you know? Like,.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, when he like hires the security guards at the bank, the first thing he does is like, "All right, would they pay you here three fifty? Oh, I'll pay you like four thousand dollars a week. No, I'll pay you five thousand mm-hmm. dollars a week. You bring all your buddies for three grand a week." Smartest thing he did. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. If you know, if you don't get that Star Trek joke, I'm sorry, but um, it's there. You know. <laughs> um. Pat Hingle. Uh. I think plays a great role in this movie because he's on Monty's side well those other guys are going against them and he constantly shows up as like a like a motivation for monty i think that's yeah. that's important and um yeah and it's and it's and it's nice like some movies
1: like this right they'll 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 have like some not necessarily intentional but just kind of like uh racism in there of the time kind of thing or you know the old rich white guy's a bit of a prick. It's like, not not in that case, in that relationship between uh, Pat Hingle and Richard Pryor. It's like, he actually likes Richard Pryor. Like, he considers him an equal, in, in in some ways at the very least, or likes his character, you
2: know, kind of thing. So Yeah, I think it's safe to say he admires him a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's like, it, it's a very different thing that you generally don't see in movies that are kind of like this. Like, generally, the rich guys are always... Assholes who have to learn to like the schlubby blue collar guy, you know. And then in this case, it's it's not that, which is refreshing to see. Um
0: Our regular, one of our regulars, Peter Jason, shows up in this movie as Chuck Fleming, who's um, the reporter that you see throughout the film. I I think that you know this is probably in um. One of my favorite roles he's ever played because he's really showcased in this movie because he's he's keeping you keep you down with the play by play of what's going on with Monty throughout. Like you're watching on the screen, but if you were watching, you know, n- news at home, you know, with Chuck Fleming, action news of Chuck Fleming, you, mm-hmm. you, you would. It's just enough to to to, to keep you in, it, and then I I I think that he's showcased incredibly well in this movie and. Um, I see that he's on the the screen, the the shout factory Blu-ray extras, and I'm digging it in my brain because uh, I bought this and I remember watching it. Uh, I lost in the fire, unfortunately. But you you think that he'd narrate the extras as as Chuck Fleming? It'd be amazing. <laughs> but <I'm, laughs> but he doesn't. Seems like a given, doesn't it? It seems like a given. I, I kept thinking. I kept looking at his face
1: and thinking that he needed a mustache and like, it could have been a proto Ron Burgundy almost, you know,
0: yeah. <laughs> there you go. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> go um, fuck yourself, Chicago. Yeah, like you guys and mean, I'm Chuck Fleming. <laughs> it's like, as mentioned, people show up in this movie, you know, um, I noticed today that Lynn Shea was in this movie and I I had to look it up. Is that Lynn Shea? And I really? on, on, yeah, she plays one of the reporters at the at the rally. You can see her she's talking. she has speaking lines and if if you look you know, even real close, she's very young in this movie. It's just Yeah. It was it was nice to see Lin Shea in a in a young role and I, I love I love critters too and Easter is coming upon us. So I'll get my Lynn mm-hmm. Shea fixed, uh the in my in my own way, well, so Oreni Santoni, who's Cobra's partner, he he shows up in what I call the Superior Bad Boys film. Plays Vince Vince Rappolito, I think that was one of the one of the candidates, but he I've always liked that actor because of Cobra and Bad Boys, but he's been in a bunch of other things. Yeah. I actually
2: picked up on one that uh, being uh, still admittedly, I am still a walking dead fan, but I saw that uh, the the actress's name escapes me, but the one who plays the interior decorator, Warren Cox's ex that uh, she, she was the the governor of the, um, of Alexandria for like a season and a half. I was like, kept looking at him like, God, I know this woman. Wow. And I looked it up. I'm like, sure enough season a half of the walking dead. I'm like, much younger much, hey. much much
0: younger I was like eh, that's why I don't recognize her it's, it's like yeah. we, were, we were I was on Lee's show last night and it's like yeah that's that lady that Matthew Broderick was plowing while she was say, screaming fill me up in an election that, <laughs> that's that lady you know it's, it's really strange how stuff <laughs> comes up like that but <laughs> yes known murderer Matthew
2: Broderick known murderer known murderer Matthew Broderick yes even get a little Alan Graft action, you know, is the what the the guy that comes in just helps start the fucking fist fight in the bar. There's like oh, if yeah. you blink, you you you'll miss just about everybody in this. Just like Lin Shea. you blink and like, oh, but there she was and there she went.
0: Mm, yeah, if I was if I was watching that close to it, yeah, I wouldn't. I would have never noticed a young a young Lin Shay, But you could go back and watch this one now because it 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 is enjoyable, guys. It's a nice mm-hmm. it's a nice. Human story and and it has, it has has a great you know plot to it a great thing where this this low down guy who has no idea about what business is, you know succeeds I I I love the underdog and Monty mm-hmm. Monty represents the underdog the guy who only made eleven whose whose highest payday paycheck was eleven thousand dollars for a whole year and. For playing for the Toledo Mudhens. <laughs> um it's just it's just good. I I really enjoy it and we'll get to some, some, some factoids about this movie in just a <laughs> minute here. As soon as I bring them up and um I, sh- I should have done that before, right, dumbass? Uh
1: So I gotta I gotta ask, is, is is there an actual baseball field with a train track on it legit? Like is that a thing uh, okay. that <laughs> Let's see. You know,
2: I read somewhere in the Wikipedia that that was a thing somewhere, but I don't remember the details it's, of it. It's, yeah.
0: it's a Texas League thing. It says right here, For a few scenes, the train passes through the outfield of the stadium where the Bulls play in the 1930s and 40s. That was a common occurrence of ballparks used by teams in the Texas Leagues. And um, Really? I'm not sure if they had spring training in Texas, but now it's more Florida and Arizona. So... I think they'll have the, the train Man, problems Texas there. Is, yeah. Texas Texas has always been fucked up, hasn't it? Them <laughs> yep. Texas problems. They got they got they got guns. They got trains in their outfield. goddammit. it! Yeah,
2: uh, I guess that's yeah, freedom. <laughs> freedom is trying to catch you know a
0: fly ball and then getting ran over by a locomotive. Yeah, I, I thought this was neat. Um, Neil Hamilton, who plays Commissioner Gordon in Batman '66 and on the TV series. Uh played the executor of the will in, in Versus Millions. So you had, two oh, yeah, co- you had two Commissioner Gordons in this movie. So. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Huh. Oh my gosh, that's. I pretty... thought he was familiar.
1: I didn't recognize who the fuck that was. I was like, oh,
0: okay, yeah, I and, get it. And you right. see him like every episode, so but you're just looking for Batgirl mm-hmm. to come out in that that tight uh, purple outfit. That, you yeah. know,
1: that's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> Yvonne Craig. Um, Yeah, when
0: you
2: have that purple outfit is out there, you don't really notice Commissioner Gordon at all. uh -uh. Like, wait, Commissioner Gordon was in that scene? Oh.
0: Man, there's nothing like coming home from school and turning that on, and you've seen the bad cycle shoot by, you knew it was going to be a good day, because it was a bad girl Mm -hmm. episode. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Um, this film has many connections. With Walter Hill's earlier film, 48 Hours, um, of course, Torchy shows up, um... The guy who's the, the bookie in this movie, who, who allows him to bid on all the long shots and then loses his fucking shirt, is wearing Reggie Hammond's suit in, from from 48 Hours. Ah, uh, uh, okay. That's pretty neat. Where are we at here? Ooh, doo-doo-doo-doo.
1: This could almost be the Walter Hill multiverse, and he's just a different version of of uh, Reggie.
0: Yeah, it it, it it exists, man. The Walter Hill multiverse. Uh, this is the the world building we're trying to build here with with the torchies, and he he's doing it all for mm-hmm. us apparently.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I picked up on one was uh, Margot Rose. That was the torchie's waitress. Was. Uh... Old Billy Bear's girlfriend in Forty Eight Hours.
0: I, I thought that was her, and I did not look that up. But I'm glad you did, man. That that's uh, that's interesting.
2: Yeah. So was was she the same character? Because I remember in the in the Forty Eight Hours, she said that she had worked as as a waitress there. Oh, so we'll go back. Mm-hmm. We'll go back. Multiverse right theory, now.
0: hard at work. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> Multiverse theory, hard at work, man. That'd be very interesting if that was true. I'm not going to look right now. Um, shoot. Fix this and post, I guess. Huh? Why don't you do that for. Guys, if you ever use IMDb, the, 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 they give you an option to edit uh, certain things, and that's just retarded. It's just mm-hmm. so stupid. Yeah, you know? I can say I'm in this mood, but I'm not. That, 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 <laughs> that, that doesn't make any sense, right, guys?
1: No. Although, don't you need to have like an IMDb Pro account or something like that to, like, actually get your name like listed?
0: Yes. Somewhere.
2: No. No. <laughs> no. Nope. I I I put all my own uh, IMDb stuff up on my own, and I've never had a pro account. I think you you know you got to have like to have some of the information and pictures and video and stuff like that. You got to have a pro account. Okay. Because I've so, had people go up and like edit the stuff on my IMDb, and they're like, "Come on, man!" Like. Took me fucking three submissions to do that.
1: Yeah, and I mean, who is going to deny Cameron Scott's award-winning turn in Saving Private Ryan? Like he,
2: right, they, right. They
1: can't, they can't take your Oscar away from you, Cameron.
2: <laughs> Apparently, they can take Oscars away now. Oh yeah, that's
0: right. <laughs> Unfortunately, we'll never know. I don't want, I
2: don't want a fucking Oscar anyway. <laughs> it's, just,
0: it's just this torchy's waitress, and we'll never know unless we ask the man himself. You know, one day, hopefully, you know. Pipe dream. Oh, I'm sure he'd. He just. I'm sure he'd just love to feel those nerd
2: questions. So, uh, uh, Mr. Hill, were you setting up a multiverse back in the '80s? like. He'd gonna... probably be just like, Nah, I'm just trying to give my people extra work, man.
0: Yeah, we're just we're just putting it together, man, movie by movie, and you know we're losing sleep over this, Walter, yeah. and it's it's um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then
1: he'd also he'd also add in just as an aside? And by the way, Southern Comfort was not about
2: Vietnam.
0: Uh, well, right. Okay. We, <laughs> okay, we, we, we okay. beg the differ there, Walter. Sure, Come on Yeah. Sure <laughs> What's on the screen says otherwise. <laughs> uh, Peter Bogdanovich had originally wanted to direct this film with John Ritter, so I, I'm I'm sad and and glad that didn't happen at the same time. So. Yeah, that could have worked. I could I could see that working, but I I, I think it
2: works better with Pryor. Oh, he, Pryor he, does better with the whole manic thing he, he it's just him losing his mind for mm-hmm. an hour straight in the movie just trying to know as he's trying to like spend money people are making money for him like john candy being the best friend in the world is like hey man i invested and made you 10 million dollars and he just loses his shit <laughs> it's like no i'm back where i fucking started like no f-bombs in this one it was pg but you know still,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but uh yeah it was just like I got to make a comment on this. Like John Candy's character. I know I keep bringing everything back. to John Candy. Talk about being the best friend in the world. Like he's just like, there and He's like, man, I stowed away the money you gave me. We'll buy a cabin. We'll fly out there. We'll <laughs> go fishing. You know, we'll fly women and booze out there. And he's just like, you could tell like Richard Pryor at that point really, really wants to tell him. And he almost yeah. does. He almost slips up, but talk about being the best friend in the world. He's like, listen, we're just two beer drinking, Fucking fist throwing, uh, baseball playing buddies, and you know, I'm here with you whether you got the money or not. He was there with them to the bitter end, and I love that aspect of it. I yeah, they really, really, really do.
0: The, the guy he hires as his personal photographer is, is a great foil to John Kennedy in this movie. Um, it's, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. He
2: tells them, to eat, Don't, why are you fucking eating with your hands, man? You know, you know, they made forks, and he's like, Yeah, why don't you put back that bottle of champagne and get back the ashtray while you're at it? You yeah.
0: He's he's constantly looking out for me, like I said, like that's that's great best friend material and I, I think I think it's enough. I, I think it's I think it's really great and this film is a lot of fun. Uh the the end song I, I, I think doesn't talked about enough and it's a Patty La Bell song, uh r- written by oh. Huey Lewis and Ry Cooter. I thought that was pretty dope too. and I always loved Patty LaBelle's voice. I blame my mother for that because she she would play those records in the house and just uh embroiled in my brain that uh she she would be a diva that I would love. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: but yeah, you know, yeah. speaking oh, speaking
0: of music, I got a question. Do you did you guys feel like this is the
2: strangest Raikouter soundtrack? Like, it's not atypical of his normal. Sound for the most part,
0: yeah, it's it, it of, seemed
2: very va- big, budgety, just. very, very mm-hmm. synth
0: heavy, and you know, I, 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 yeah, it wasn't like that same kind of Ry twang, but at the same time, I don't dislike it. it. I mean, no, no. thought it was unusual to to make it. It's a, it's a real different. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say. It's. It's.
1: I mean, when you kind of think of it, this is yet again Walter Hill doing like a really kind of different film from what you kind of expect you know given his first initial couple films um he's he's basically just doing a like a you know a big comedy with big names in it and it's kind of a light it's still like light and breezy and like it it's it's not got the edge that most of his stuff previous to this has had and so i think the music kind of reflects that too like the music's much more just Cooter doing typical like eighties comedy soundtrack, which is yeah, it's weird.
0: Well, <laughs> he adapted to it too, and I really want it's because it's really like really grandiose and really you know upbeat, you know for the most part when the times it needs to be. And, mm-hmm. and I think he does it real well considering what we're used to, which is that you know that desperate, you know t- t- when I say desperate, I don't mean he's desperate. I mean the music sounds like desperate. And it's got Mm -hmm. that that twang to it. And uh, he'll he'll get back to that with with the next movie, of course. Um, We'll talk about that later. Um, But I I think without Pryor in this role, this is prime Richard Pryor, and he's doing these movies. And I love most of the stuff that he's done as far as movies go, because they're all very different roles. You know, some kind of hero, uh, busting Loose is kind of like the same role he plays in, our Patreon choice, the toy, but it's, it's a lot more, he, he's trying to help those kids in a way. Yeah. It's, it, it's almost the same movie if you think about it, but mm-hmm. he has a, he has a group of kids and I, I don't want to get into uh, bust and loose, but those kids got some problems, yo. <laughs> I remember pretty vividly. <laughs> um, what else? I'm trying to figure out where he's the race car driver. Um, uh, yeah, blue blue collar's a thing that he made, which is again mm-hmm. so something you wouldn't expect him to be in. This this mm-hmm. drama about union people, and yeah, plays it so well. I mean, he managed to to play put put himself into this role of his his whole self because yeah, I love the balance between nice guy Monty Brewster and manic Monty Brewster when things aren't going his way. But he still yeah. he still manages it to ma to, to, still manages to hold it together, and I I I can really appreciate um, the way they went with this and without Pryor, but not imagining it with John Ritter. I, I I think he would be the 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 white equivalent to to Richard Pryor in this role. So I, I would like to I would like to, in a way I would like to see that you know. Mm-hmm. Um. I'll kick it to Cameron. Anything else that say about Bruce's millions? And, uh, yeah, tell us about it, man. You know, like I said, uh, even though I, I did at the beginning
2: of the show, said it is a bit of a misfire just because I feel like it underuses or misuses John Candy. That means that I, I, I love this movie. I, I love the friendship between Pryor and Candy. I would love to see them do more of, uh, <laughs> something more like a 48 hours if you can imagine mm-hmm. that you know like a buddy cop kind of movie where they actually get to interact with each other on a visceral level uh it's really good uh i loved the, all the little cameos to it and as an adult i, I have a greater appreciation for this that i never had as a, as a as a teen or as a child i just never got it when i was younger it just didn't make sense to me i'm like rich people spending 30 million because they can like why, but Mm -hmm. you know, I I, I get it now. (laughs) Uh, I think it says something that this is really, you know, Hills one straight up comedy and, you know, it's still a hit a bit of a, a bit of a misfire, you know, hits a little bit to left to center, but, uh, I love it. I I, I love it for, it hits all those nostalgia buttons, you know, and the member berries are all there and you You know, Richard Pryor really brings uh, a humanity to it that I don't think anybody else could have brought. Like uh, you were saying earlier, uh, uh, Gary, you know, about like uh, John Ritter was almost cast. That would have been great, but and i love me some John Ritter. But I think if you would have changed this and not had Richard Pryor in it, I don't know that John Ritter could have carried that kind of manic quality that, that Pryor had. He might have. It would have been nice to see it in an alternative universe, what he would have done with it, but can you imagine that? John Ritter and John Candy together? That would have been something else, but uh, yeah. Mm. It, it's 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 great. Uh, I was really, really happy revisiting this one.
0: Don't no talk about sports ball stuff so much. You're going to bore Lee here. What's, 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 wrong, what's wrong with you, man? <laughs> Lee, uh, anything else you'd like to say about the film, sir?
1: Um, no, I, I think My thoughts kind of echo what uh, Cameron is saying for the most part here, although I I, I will say I don't love it as much as Cameron uh, obviously does, but uh, I did like it. Uh, I thought it was a, a decent watch. It kept me chuckling all the way through. Like I said, no big laugh out loud moments for me or anything, but I thought the chemistry between the characters was good. I thought the story was fun I thought that the whole concept was kind of light and breezy and it was kind of an easy watch again, maybe a little too long because of the baseball shit. But uh, other than that, I enjoyed it. I thought it was,
2: you know, really well done. Yeah. And I'll echo what Lee said. It could have shaved 10, 20 minutes off this movie. It probably would have been better. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, unlike, you know, Mr. Bill Cosby and something that came before him. I, I don't think his, his career is all that tarnished and there's, there's plenty to watch and his filmography that I for I forgot to mention. I mean, his, his stuff in the black exploitation genre is worth your time. The Mac and uh, hit, I think mm-hmm. hit, I think Hit has Bernie Casey in it. I'm gonna let hit the button right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Billy D. Williams, um, Richard Pryor, we mentioned. Yeah, it's Billy D. Williams. who he's also in Lady Sings the Blues with. Um, the the stuff I used to watch a lot. You know. Moving, uh, I've seen on cable. I don't know, how, probably more than this. I've seen moving on cable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harlem Nights de- deserves your love because everybody's in it. You, sh- you should check it out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the movie where he plays the race car driver, it's gonna drive me crazy now. But, um, which way is up? Of course, Car Wash was it um, Grease Lightning? Was it, that the it name? Grease was it? Lightning, yes. Where's the race
2: car driver? Mm-hmm. Mm. And, uh, this is it's one of the few movies where he doesn't have a mustache, and Richard just looks weird without a mustache. <laughs>
0: just telling you, and a film that I love, but Lee would hate, because right? it's about it's about a minor league baseball team in the in the Negro leagues. Uh, I discovered this film the the for myself the Bingo Long traveling all stars and Motor Kings it's a long time the film, but this is a film about a baseball team that includes uh, Billy D Williams, James Earl Jones, Richard Pryor, and. um so many other good ones. Stan Shaw shows up in that movie, and that's a character actor that I love. Let so, me just
1: clarify for the audience what Gary said here. I would hate that movie because it's about baseball, not because it's about Negro baseball players, okay?
0: We, they don't know you by now. And I'll, I'll, I'll see. Should I put a, uh, a thing before every podcast? Because I'm sure in our Patreon review, we're going to say some questionable things. Because we're doing, we're, spoilers, we're doing the toy with Richard Pryor oh. as well, which is problematic as fuck, but I would watch it ten more times, okay? <laughs> but, <laughs> there's some racial overtones in that movie. And so So, so <laughs> should we apologize ahead of time now? Uh...
1: Um, I'm not apologizing for anything. Just,
0: I, if I
2: don't, I don't apologize.
0: <laughs> yeah, me neither. Just, just shut the fuck up and go watch uh, California Sweet and just enjoy yourself, okay? Because <laughs> everybody's in that movie too, so check that out. Uh, I have not a whole lot to say about this movie. I, I, I've always enjoyed Richard Pryor's shtick, and like I said, I, I saw some of these way earlier, and I discovered other things later, like the, the, the brilliant work with him and Gene Wilder, which should not go unnamed. And it's 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 just one of those actors that's always been around. I never knew. I I still to this day only heard part of one of his comedy records, but he he came from that world oh, yeah. and he adapted to this world. I think so fine. I mean, just being going through the problems he had with the drugs and stuff. I think he he uh he adapted real real good. And this is a great human interest story. And he plays the role to a T and. I can't see nobody else in the role. I I just can't do it, and that's just the kind of guy I am. But versus Millions—if you have your doubts, and if you're like Cameron, who saw it once, very very young—and it's, it's worth going back to. I I think,
2: and yeah. We, we
0: we think so too. So so check it out. <laughs> um, pushing p- pimping all that good stuff. Cameron, where can they find you, man?
2: They can find me at Cinema Degeneration. We're on everything, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, my show was over on Podbean. I got about – lost track now. I got about eight or nine different sh- themed shows. Uh, I'm getting ready to pump out another one here in about another month. Uh, i got to keep that secret because my partner doesn't want me – releasing any information that about that but we got a couple of new episodes out here coming out here real soon a new sequel to Deja Vu episode I got a without warning episode with my buddy uh, Corey Dawson that I'm really proud of but it's a five hour episode
0: oh wow uh, shit.
2: so might be releasing that in like two or three chapters but it was uh, we did that one way into the wee hours in the morning until like 3am one day but I'm really proud of it and uh, actually getting ready to uh work on my last film um I'm probably gonna be retiring from the business here I know it's kind of a weird way to to make a segue into that, but yeah I'm gonna just be concentrating on writing from here on out. I'm no longer gonna be acting and working on productions and whatnot but uh I get to pl- I get to play a a getaway driver in a film. Yeah. So nice. it's knocking off a bucket list, so I I way I'm con- considered I'm going out on top, so fuck it. Are you gonna
0: <laughs> are you gonna wear a suit like Ryan O'Neill? These are important questions, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. No,
0: I, I, but I ain't gonna be dressed in all black. You gotta so, keep I'll you gotta keep that classy, it. you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um one thing I forgot to mention is that um we get very rare get Walter Hill news and we have some Walter Hill news Vestron is putting out Extreme Prejudice on Blu-ray uh, very soon, which is a film we'll be doing two films from now. On May, May 17th, it'll be available Um special edition Blu-ray with a digital copy. The Vestron titles now, will be, this will be like 13 bucks on pre-order right now. So it's just not very expensive. But it will include audio commentary with film historians C. Courtney Joyner and Henry Parker. Isolated score selections with audio interviews from from his music historian John uh, Takis. Interviews: Interview with director Walter Hill, the Major's Agenda. An interview with Michael actor Michael Ironside, The War Within. An interview with actor Clancy Brown, Capturing the Chaos. An interview with the the DOP Henry F Le, H- Matthew F Leonetti. Uh, some promotional materials: teaser trailer, theatrical trailer, TV spots. Vintage EPK. What is the EPK, Cameron, for people who don't know? Uh, Maybe you don't know. I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I wish I did. Still gallery. I am am not tech savvy. That's okay. (laughs) Um, In case you didn't know, this film stars Nick Nolte, Powers Booth, and those guys mentioned, plus some other guys, William Forsyth, uh... Larry B. Scott not playing a nerd or a gay person, which, nothing wrong with either one of those things, but, you know, it's a very straight-laced role for him. So if you want to watch, you know, Nick Nolte and Powers Booth be very sweaty before we do it for the show, go go pick up uh, this movie. I don't think you'll be disappointed. I think it's spectacular, so.
2: Oh, I'd love to some Extreme Prejudice. I'll be first person lying to buy me a copy of that.
0: Oh, uh,
1: EPK, that's Electronic Press Kits. okay. So that that'd be like all your your press kit materials, but given to you in like a digital form. I guess this is what they're saying here.
0: Look, yeah, cool. A lot, a lot of a lot of hairy people. I think Clancy Brown still has his, his beard from from Buckaroo Banzai in this movie. So, oh, uh. <laughs> okay, gotta love that man. Uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lee. Um, tell us where you can find your stuff, my friend. All right.
1: Uh, my podcast is called They Must Be Destroyed on site. Uh, it's at tmbdos.podbean.com. And latest episode, I've, I've decided, like, you know, my my co-host, uh, the lovely Lady Lee, has not had a lot of picks lately. So I was like, you know what? You got free reign. You can do some picks for the next few episodes or whatever. And then she goes and picks Ringmaster from 1998, the Jerry Springer movie mm. and. Uh, as of this recording uh, the night before, we did that with Gary as a guest on the show, and, well, that was something. <laughs> that That should be out uh, for a while by the time you hear this episode, so uh, go look for that and whatever else I'm doing on, on that feed and at that website, tmbdos.podbean.com. Um,
0: yeah, this show and any other show I do for Legion could be found <laughs> on the Butcher Shop uh, feed on your, your Apple iTunes and your different podcatchers. Go go look for it there. Rate and review. You guys know the score. It it helps us in, in the long run. If you guys go rate and review us on on your different podcatchers, it helps us be seen mm-hmm. and whatnot. It would be much, much appreciated. And I enjoy hate mail, so if you want to send it to me, uh. That's the beef Podcast at gmail.com. Just, just just send it away if you hate what we're doing here. And if you're lucky, you so, will we'll read it on the air, Go ahead, Lee. I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: Don't don't be don't be lazy bums. You be people, you listen to us. We we provide entertainment. And really the big thing and the thing we don't usually talk about, but we'll peel back the layers here a little bit. Our our major domo at Legion Podcasts, Bo Ransdale. He likes the validation. He likes the kind words. It, it makes him feel good. And don't you want to make him feel good? He's a nice man. You want to make him feel good. So, you know, rate our podcasts and thumb them up and whatever else you have to do. Send us money, whatever.
0: Stick, stick <laughs> the thumb in. Only halfway, though. Just just the tip, okay? It's just, it's, yeah, uh... just a one-knuckler. <laughs> 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 I always thought the phrase... Give me two fingers of whiskey. was kind of nasty in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Keep your fucking hands out of my whiskey,
1: please.
0: Not only, it gives you the the implication that somebody's sticking their fingers in your glass as they pour it, and the fact that you know two fingers. uh, Never mind. I'm not going to go there. We'll we'll (laughs) get we'll get offensive enough with our next review for the Patreon, which would be the toy from 1982 with Richard Pryor. And Jackie Gleason, and, and uh, one of the few legit acting roles for Scotty Schwartz, unless you like that sort of thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> you
2: saying he did? He did some non-legit
0: acting. You oh yeah, that? Oh. Uh, we'll talk about the we'll talk about his thing. Uh, oh yeah, sure. we're gonna
2: talk about it. Or there's <laughs> lack or there's lack thereof.
0: <laughs> but the next film you'll hear us talk about in this show, um which I don't know the Patreon choice to be, and I don't, I don't know it right now, we're going to record the one next day, so by, take behind the curtain, we record these in the same sitting, the Patreon, the regular one, but, um, we're going to take a, uh, a road trip with Lightning Boy, and his, uh, and his token black friend, who sold his soul, a la Robert Johnson style, style. and we're going to do Crossroads, and I'm looking forward to doing it, and, um, Going hoboing with with Jamie Gertz, which could mean many things. And man, <clears throat> what a what a prime piece she was. She she still she still is. She not doing much now, 'cause I think her 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 husband owns the Atlanta Hawks, so she she's oh, yeah. pretty, she's pretty well off. She doesn't need to act anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, this one uh, has been great, and um, this has been. Last Call of Torches, and we'll see you all next time. Later, folks. Bye-bye.